0: Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and AlanWattSentientSentinel.eu. It is July the 25th, 2007. I don't think there's anyone out there truly that doesn't know the agenda, at least the immediate agenda. Everyone knows that we're under a form of martial law which is constantly reinforcing itself in our psyches by crying wolf, wolf, wolf We're going to get terrorized at any minute by these people that are all around us and live within us and it could even be yourself and you don't know it It's a method that's been used all down through history for control factor purposes by tyrants and groups of tyrants when they get together, the psychopathic types, who are always terrified because of the amount of loot they steal from the public on a daily basis that the public might one day turn on them. Therefore, they try and dominate by all and every means possible. There's nothing new in it. What's new is that today they have unlimited budgets from the taxpayers under the guise of protecting the taxpayers, which they funnel, apart from their own little personal deals and and businesses and bank accounts, they funnel a lot into budgets to do with security. Observation, eavesdropping, information gathering, because you must have a perfectly predictable society for total control. Every individual, therefore, must be predictable, completely predictable in everything they'll do, or by profiling their personalities, understanding their habits, their routines, you can Predict fairly well the next move that they will do. It's when you see breaks in their routines that they go into you and watch you more closely. They're like creatures of routine, well trained animals. For centuries, they studied animals, all their hirelings would study all kinds of animals and try and relate behavior to humans to see through similar patterns. All the experimentation on animals was eventually to be done on humans, and it all has been done on humans, many unwittingly participating in the projects. Before 9-11 happened, all the Western countries began to push for a national ID card. Some of them don't even know that they had bills in. There are governments debating this. It didn't take off too well. Britain did publicize it in the newspapers. Because nothing was happening in the world. The Cold War was supposedly over, and everything was hunky-dory, and it was business as usual. Yet there was this tremendous push for national identity cards, with active chips in them, to record ultimately even your banking the beast itself you see can't change its nature psychopaths in a sense are handy for the public if you understand the psychopath because they can't change their nature they are predictable themselves that's why there's nothing new under the sun when you understand their natures you'll understand their formulas because they cannot go in any other direction they're ultra paranoid because of what they have been doing to the public with regards to ripping them off all their lives they're very cunning extremely cunning, not terribly bright at times but they have a natural innate sense of cunningness they're natural con men but along with that comes the paranoia. And the more they steal from the public, the more paranoid they become, because they know the consequences. They have no guilt on, on, on what they do, but they know that the public don't like what they do. They become ultra-paranoid. Once you have elitist ones having careers in the ivory towers of departments of government, where they discuss all abstract nonsense Most of the time All projected possible calamities To do with ending their system They go into almost science fiction mode And discuss all kinds of bizarre possibilities Because they're terrified of losing their own lives You see, that's all that's important to them Nothing else, and no one else's life that's her nature of a psychopath. Therefore they come up with these tremendous schemes to dominate forever. They see this as the only way to keep power for themselves. They don't want to go down the bottom of the, the ladder and start working as salesmen again where they have to con people into buying stuff they don't need. They'd rather be up in those positions at the top where they can strut around and have a given by the public they like praise they like the Nero type image they love armies big armies of willing fools who will go off and kill for them this gives them a sense of security and that's what they, they really crave is security in the evil deeds in which they perpetuate we've been living under a coordinated effort internationally coordinated effort of the top psychopaths for a long, long, long time and that is why All of the moves towards totalitarianism with the same bills on terror, terror, terror are identical in every country. We're already global. Yet the countries which must supply most of the manpower, the firepower, the weaponry to dominate the last peoples on earth who haven't joined the club Those countries that do this, such as the United States, the Western countries, the so-called first world countries, are in a sort of stage of limbo, because the psychopaths at the top must keep pushing the national flag. That's always worked in the past, to get the money coming in, to get the population to back them on the agenda while they bring about internationalism. So you've got a double-think there, and it's not too easy to pull off. You must truly have the public in double-think. We're global, but we're national. We're global, but we're national. Today we're national. Tomorrow we're global. It's back and forth, back and forth like a tennis ball. Because if you're international, why should you be paying all these taxes and supplying all the manpower and soldiery and weaponry to dominate the world for internationalism? Hence the Homeland Security staff and all the organizations that splinter off of it to try and keep this big ball together, this ball of farce and deception. They must keep the, this big snowball rolling or it will fall apart or melt. There's a myriad now of agencies set up like a super-government, all dealing with this terrorism and, and specialized aspects of terrorism. And thought crime as well. Thought crime and speak crime. And all kinds of crime. Maybe you have gesture crime. That might be it too. You might have a hostile gesture. So when they tell you to bend over for body cavity searches at airports and some guy with a particular... And chant for filling with your rear end. Wants to do it. Don't become hostile. Don't sh- don't cross your arms. Whatever you do, because it's all on camera, and you're showing hostile tendencies. You don't know what they'll do next. Although if you understand the deviances, you might. Once personality profiles have been done on everyone. Not just through their constantly and more frequently given out censuses on people, the census, the national census, which is really international. Plus all the data to collect on your shopping habits, since most of you use cards and what you're purchasing, your diet, everything. Or the clubs that you belong to and use the cards to subscribe. Then the big boys feel much safer, but not safe enough. They'd rather have you monitored wherever you go. Old, old dream, very old dream to have you monitored everywhere you go. In ancient times, thousands of spies used to be recruited in big empires to follow people, note all their habits, eavesdrop in their conversations. That's labor-intensive not cost-efficient. The more money is put out at the top, the less they can put into their pockets or their own pet projects. So they came up a long time ago with chipping everyone as the... not the ultimate, not the ultimate objective. It's only part-way while they're busy working on ways to create new humans without... This individual problem that they have, individualism. In the meantime, we'll chip everyone, and that's the agenda. Years ago, in one of the popular science magazines, they had an article on the spacesuits that NASA astronauts wore. They said they had a few chips in them and monitored their heart rates all the changes in their body, by the second. This was years ago. The chip has been ready for implant years ago. It takes time to get a public trained to the idea of it, the possibility, that's what the real possibility thinking they talk about. Once that's accepted through fiction and science fiction and all of that, It seems like a natural progression. And you'll find the vast bulk about the same proportion who jumped for the cashless society will go for the chip too. It'll be pretty much in the same proportion. You know, the well-trained, well, the happy slaves, who are doing fairly well economically, they can play themselves, they can enjoy themselves with all the games and chasing Members of one gender or the other, and all the little things that they do as they run through their lives, collecting data, always learning, but never knowing. This following article I'm going to speak from or read from is from Canada East. a member of a news group and it's Canada with a capital C and East with a capital E all one word this is from July 22nd 2007 and from the AP news group it says here citywatcher.com A provider of surveillance equipment attracted little notice itself until a year ago when two of its employees had glass-encapsulated microchips with miniature antennas embedded in their forearms. The chipping of two workers with RFIDs, radio frequency identification tags, as long as two grains of rice as thick as a toothpick was merely a way of restricting access to vaults that held sensitive data and images for police departments a layer of security beyond key cards and clearance codes, the company said To protect high-end secure data you use more sophisticated techniques Sean Darks Where did they get these people's names? Darks huh? Dark, like Dark Man. Sean Darks Chief Executive of the Cincinnati based company said he compared chip implants to retina scans or fingerprinting. There's a reader outside the door. you walk up to the reader, put your arm under it, and it opens for you so there is your usual thing that immediately related to to a different kind of technology as though it's it's just the same thing innocuous maybe. But the news that people had been injected with electronic identifiers to perform their jobs fired up a debate over the proliferation of ever more precise tracking technologies and their ability to erode privacy in the digital age. To some, the microchip was a wondrous invention. A high-tech helper that could increase security at nuclear plants and military bases Help authorities identify wandering Alzheimer's patients as well as to help the poor, unfortunates. And allow consumers to buy their groceries, literally with a wave of a chipped hand. Hmm. To others, the notion of tagging people was Orwellian. A departure from centuries of history and tradition in which people had the right to go and do as they pleased without being tracked unless they were harming someone else. Chipping, these critics said, might start with Alzheimer's patients or army rangers, but would eventually be suggested for convicts, then parolees, then sex offenders, then illegal aliens, until one day a majority of Americans, falling into one category or another, would find themselves electronically tagged. And of course that's all true, because it was debated years ago, even the process of introducing the idea to the public and the formulas and the time factors were all discussed. Thirty years ago, the first electronic tags were fixed to the ears of cattle to permit ranchers to track herds' reproductive and eating habits. In the 1990s, millions of chips were implanted in livestock, fish, pets and even racehorses. And that's true, I've got video of the Department of Fisheries in Canada uh, literally doing more than just chipping the fish but also changing the the, the genetic structure of them Uh, very very quick very fast process too and then restocking different lakes with the same fish which then spread this, this new gene to all the others microchips are now fixed to car windshields as toll paying devices on contactless payment cards such as Chase's, as Chase Manhattan, Blink, or MasterCard's PayPass. They're embedded in Michelin tires, library books, passports, and, unbeknownst to many consumers, on a host of individual items at Walmart and at Best Buy, and lots of others. But citywatcher.com employees were, weren't were appliances or pets. They were people made scannable. Well, no, you see, you're not really people you're, you are a herd, according to the elite, always have been, they are the shepherds, you are the sheep, they own you, that's why they can do with you as they please. Many have woken up to that reality, many will refuse to wake up to that reality, that's the choices regardless of the evidence. It was scary that a government contractor that specialised in putting surveillance cameras on city streets was the first to incorporate this technology in the workplace, says Liz McIntyre, co-author of Spy Chips, How Major Corporations and Government Plan to Track Your Every Move, with RFID. Darks, the CityWatcher.com executive, said his employees volunteered to be chipped. You would think that we were going around putting chips in people by force, he told a reporter, And that's not the case at all. Yet within days of the company's announcement, civil libertarians and Christian conservatives joined to excoriate the microchip's implantation in people. Some critics saw implants as the fulfillment of a biblical prophecy that describes an age of evil in which humans are forced to take the mark of the beast on their bodies to buy or sell anything. Others saw it as a big step toward the creation of Big Brother Society. We're really on the verge of creating a surveillance society in America where every movement, every action, some would even claim our very thoughts, will be tracked, monitored, recorded and correlated, says Barry Steinhardt, director of the Technology and Liberty Program at the American Civil Liberties Union in Washington, D.C. In design, the tag is simple, A medical-grade glass capsule holds a silicon computer chip, a copper antenna and a capacitor that transmits data stored on the chip when prompted by an electromagnetic reader. And that's what we're told, anyway. I know they can read these from a vast distance in actual reality. Implantations are quick, relatively simple procedures. After a local anaesthetic is administered, a large-gauge hypodermic needle injects a chip under the skin, on the back of the arm, midway between the elbow and the shoulder. John Halamka, an emergency physician at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, got chipped two years ago, so that if I ever was in an accident and arrive unconscious or incoherent, that emergency ward doctors could identify me and access my medical history quickly. A chipped person's medical profile can be continuously updated. Since information is stored on a database accessed via the internet while well, you see all your data is already accessed via the internet without the chip hmm? uh. but it's also clear to Halamka that there are consequences to having an implanted identifier, my friends have commented to me that I am marked for life that I've lost my anonymity and to be honest I think they're right. The light goes on. Indeed, a microchip proponents and detractors readily agree. America's mistrust of microchips and technologies like RFID runs deep. Many wonder. Do the current chips have global positioning transceivers that would allow the government to pinpoint a person's exact location 24-7? And it has yes, got in brackets, no, the technology doesn't exist yet. Because <laughs> they believe what they're told, eh? But could a TV-savvy stalker rig scanners to video cameras and fill some, somebody each time they entered or left a house? Quite easily, though not cheaply. Currently, readers cost $300 and up. What's the average lifespan of a microchip? About 10 to 15 years. That's the one they're telling you about. And I tell you, why would you believe the big boys themselves on anything? Huh? Mm, really, think about it. Because there's always a very good reason for giving you something but there's also always a real reason and you're the last to know that's what you learn from history what if you get tired of it before then can can it be easily painlessly removed the short answer is no and it's no because you see it's got a special coating on it and so that it will basically embed on the surface with your own tissue it's got synthetic tissue already in it so it'll weave little fibres through it and become embedded. How about thieves? Could they make their own readers? Aim then at unsuspecting individuals and surreptitiously pluck people's IDs out of their arms. Yes, there's even a name for it. It's called spoofing. What they don't mention is could they cut your arm off and weave it in front of the bank machine? Hmm? There's cash in the hand for someone. The company that makes implantable microchips for humans, VeriChip Corporation of Delray Beach, Florida, concedes that's a problem, Mm. even as it markets its radio tag and its portable scanner as imperatives for high-security buildings, such as nuclear power plants. To grab information from radio frequency products with a scanning device is not hard to do. Scott Silverman, the company's chief executive, says... However, the chip itself only contains a unique 16-digit identification number. The relevant information is stored on a database. A very chip Corporation, whose parent company has been selling radio tags for animals for more than a decade, has sold 7,000 microchips worldwide, which of about 2,000 have been implanted in humans. And that's what they're telling us, and you'd believe them, wouldn't you, children? The company's present push-tagging of high-risk patients, diabetics and people with heart conditions or Alzheimer's disease. You know, those old folk that, well, they don't know what they're doing, eh? Someone's got to take care of them. In an emergency, hospital staff could wave a reader over a patient's arm, get an ID number and then, via the internet, enter a company database and pull up the person's identity and medical history. To doctors, a starter kit... Hmm. complete with 10 hypodermic syringes. 10 Verichips and a reader costs US $1,400. To patients, a microchip implant means a $200 out-of-pocket expense to their physician. Presently, chip implants aren't covered by insurance companies, Medicare or Medicaid. And that's another thing too, you see. The agenda, which also can... Well, it includes the process of the computer to the portable computer, the pocket computer, to cell phone technology coupled to a little gizmo fitting on your ear, and then to a chip in the brain has always been the agenda. It's a step-by-step cheese bait for the little test rats, which are us. We are the test rats. We are the, we are the rats, you see as we're trained to go from one trap to the next nibbling better types of cheeses at least to tell you it's going to be better but the goal has always been to get you ultimately before you even heard of a computer to take a chip they knew they were going to do this 70 years ago and probably more But, you see, if the government made you take a computer, everyone would have been suspicious from the beginning, especially if it was free. So they made sure you knew that there was nothing on it at the time but pornography. That was a big seller. Guaranteed to get people in. People who were already hooked and addicted on soap operas and movies where stars have this fantastic sexual experience in slow motion that seems to go on forever and everyone wants that you see so sex cells as they always have known therefore that's why they polluted the internet initially and, and today with was, was pornography to make sure everyone got it especially youngsters they're right into that use nature against the people they had to make it desirable then through business they make it essential step by step all the way to a brain chip which was the ultimate goal in the first place and we think we're just evolving as politicians slang words each other across a floor in some parliament building that's the low level stuff public consumption the real boys including the military industrial complex run the show the real boys including the CIA and MI6 and the Mossad own these companies they created these companies, these high tech companies which are bringing all this about they own the chips because there is no freedom in this society and certainly there's no democracy of any kind so as long as you buy something yourself you buy and desire it and want it it doesn't dawn on you that if it were to make you get it for free you'd be suspicious very simple psychology isn't it and yet it's an imperative that we've it, had it we've have computers no child left behind everyone must have it why must we all have it Hmm? it doesn't take much to think that one out to continue with this item here for almost two years the company has been offering hospitals free scanners but acceptance hasn't been limited. According to the company, 515 hospitals have pledged to take part in the VeryMed network, yet only 100 have actually been equipped and trained to use the system. Some wonder why they should abandon non-invasive tags such as MedAlert, a low-tech bracelet that warns paramedics if patients have serious allergies, or a chronic medical condition. Having these things under your skin instead of in your back pocket It's just not clear to me why it's worth the inconvenience, says Westhouse. Really, boy, this is a bright one, eh? You can't figure that one out. Silverman responds that an implanted chip is guaranteed to be with you. May the force be with you. It's not a medical arm bracelet that you can take off if you don't like the way it looks. In fact, microchips can be removed from the body, but it's not like removing a splinter. The capsules can migrate around the body... That's interesting, isn't it? Or bury themselves deep in the arm when that happens a sensor X-ray and monitors are needed to locate the chip and a plastic surgeon must cut away scar tissue that forms around the chip. The relative permanence is a big reason why Mark Rottenberg of the Electronic Privacy Information Centre is suspicious about the motives of the company which charges $20 a year for customers to keep one or keep on its database a record of blood type, allergies, medications, driver's license data, and living will directives. For 80 dollars a year, it will keep an individual's full medical history. So once again, as long as you pay for your own chains, you won't be suspicious. But if they come up with these chains and say, here, put them on, you might be a bit paranoid very simple one of the the fastest growing businesses in this public-private relationship deal we have today you know the new world order is security and homeland security it's odd because the internationalists keep telling us about the home, the home. how well, they're internationalists. They use nationalism to guide us along the track they want us to be on. And to internationalism, as long as you're paying for it, as you're paying for the engine that drives it all, the manpower, the weaponry, the, the taxation for logistical purposes to bring the rest of the world under this beautiful global empire, of a, a small elite so they, they wave national emblems and use fuzzy words like home and one of the organizations that they've created under this massive grant program that they have one of these think tanks that sits and gets paranoid in their ivory tower and comes up with bizarre ideas and projections of the future trying to cover every possibility, every base Anything that could go wrong, they have to to imagine it before anyone else can imagine it. And get paid to do it, which means you've got to have a great imagination which goes on forever until they're in a bizarre fantasy land of surrealism. The problem for the rest of the public being these characters have the power to implement their fantastic, bizarre, paranoid ideas upon us. This is only one of them, one of many, many... Organizations being funded to go into the land of Nod. And it's called CREATE. They love these terms, you see. They sit there and they actually pay panels to come up with names for them and spend millions of dollars doing this of your money. It's the Center for Risk and Economic Analysis of Terrorism Events. It's called CREATE. Homeland Security Center. And it says here, on this particular part I'm reading here, Create is an interdisciplinary national research center based at the University of Southern California and funded by the Department of Homeland Security. The center is focused on risk and economic analysis of the U.S. and comprises a team of experts from across the country. Including partnerships with New York University and the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Then it goes on to say, our mission, see they have missions. Our mission is to create, is to improve our nation's security through the development of advanced models and tools for the evaluation of the risks, costs, and consequences of terrorism, and to guide economically viable investments and homeland security. So it's all to do with money as well, you see, to sell, sell, sell ideas to corporations, but also to to advise presidents and people like that. We will accomplish our mission through an integrated program of research, education and outreach that is designed to inform and support decisions. Very important little statement, that designed to inform and support designed to support decisions made by elected officials think about that in other words they come up with the fantasy that will be spilled to the people by the politicians it's part of uh, they're like writers almost for Hollywood and that's why probably they based it there too who've got great imaginations, that's their job but they've got to figure out ways to support political decisions made by electoral officials and governmental employees at the national, state and local levels. So it's right across the board, you see. They're the ones that come up with slogans that you're imparted to you, like weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction, things like that. We're also working with private industry, both to improve the security of private enterprises and to work in partnership towards meeting the needs of public organizations. In other words, they're going to, they're going to give the propaganda to public organizations. Then the public organizations will they'll write and repeat weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction, and stuff like that, you see. The Center aims to become the world's leading academic program for modeling the risks and vulnerabilities of terrorism, assessing the direct and indirect consequences and gauging their economic impacts and evaluating the effectiveness of countermeasures. So they have to get all these countermeasures for imaginary scenarios, and they've got to keep dreaming up imaginary scenarios. That's their job. Forever. You know, there used to be a series on television when I was wee. Wee is kind of small, and it was called M.A.S.H., it wasn't bad. There's a lot of comedy in it. It was about a hospital in Korea, the War of Korea, a U.S. hospital, army hospital. And every so often they'd have this character came in who worked for the CIA. And he'd always come in through a window, generally smashing through it and stuff like that, and always in a karate stance. And, and he'd approach one of the doctors or the staff to go along with some harebrained scheme that no one could fathom. They couldn't fathom the point of it all. Because because it all came from the think tanks at the top where they, they sit and get paranoid and dream up these bizarre ideas. It was it was a really good expose of how it really is. You couldn't work for these think tanks if you were a normal person to start with, but you certainly would be a weird, weird character if you could possibly stay there. Be paranoid about everything. Paranoia to its extreme is real real insanity do you realise insanity is being employed to to rule us on behalf of a very psychopathic group at the top rather sad isn't it that it's come to this but this is the pattern of humanity down through the ages it just keeps repeating itself since only the psychopaths climb to the top in the system which is their system And that's a little bit there about create. When you go into the, the newsletter given out by the University of Southern California for July the 20th, 2007, they have a briefing by Michael Chertoff. I think they, they actually use a Hollywood team to to raise his cheeks a little bit and probably sprayed them with lacquer because he appears to have this phony resemblance to a smile it's a sort of sardonic grin because I don't think those eyes could ever smile because of what's really inside there so Michael Chertoff and many others you see around all of these groups that they're sponsoring and paying Uh, actually they're using your money to pay them and universities have always been used for the military-industrial complex and bacterial and viral warfare and and everything else. In fact, universities are just extensions of big business with this public private partnership deal which has been going on long before you heard about it. During World War II the governments gave more grants to universities, especially in scientific departments and had students and professors working on projects which then they'd steal from them and patent them under corporations. It still happens today. The public pays for it, works on it, and the corporation ends up with the patenting rights on it. Universities have always been used for this, this manner. And then you look at the big funders through the foundations which give a lot of money to these universities, including Canada and the US and other countries too, it's the same old big groups of the big foundations. So, a briefing by Michael Chertoff. USC Center for Risk and Economic Analysis of Terrorism Events. Create. July 20th. U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security discusses port and supply chain security and public infrastructure protection. Representative Jane Harmon That's like the mountain of man, her... 36th District, California, Chair of the Homeland Security Subcommittee on Intelligence, Information Sharing and Terrorism Risk Assessment. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's a whole new vocabulary, isn't it? They love this kind of stuff. We'll attend the event which is hosted by the USC Center for Risk and Economic Analysis of Terrorism Events. Hmm. Established in 2003, created the first University Center of Excellence Funded by the US Department of Homeland Security. The center is focused on developing advanced models and tools for the evaluation of the risks, costs, and consequences of terrorism against the United States. If you would like to attend this free event, please on about how to do it and so on. In the event code, code create. Oh, the codes and everything. Oh, very spyish. About Michael Chertoff. On February the fifteenth, two thousand and five. Judge Michael Chertoff was sworn in as the second secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. Chertoff formerly served as U.S. Circuit Judge for the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. I call it Court of Apples. The appeal is what comes off the apple. Secretary Chertoff was previously confirmed by the Senate to serve in the Bush administration as Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division at the Department of Justice. As Assistant Attorney General, he helped trace the September 11th terrorist attacks to the Al-Qaeda network (laughs) and worked to increase information sharing within the FBI and with state and local officials. Now that's nonsense because before the dust had settled from the towers coming down, Brzezinski, of all people, was on television shouting that it was Ben Laden and the Al Qaeda on the same day, you see, long before anybody heard of Chertoff. But they must give someone an image, they must give them an image, and just like all good actors, they got to build the image for you. Before joining the Bush administration, Chertoff was a partner in the law firm of Latham and Watkins. From 1994 to 1996, he served as special counsel for the U.S. Senate Whitewater Committee. Prior to that, Chertoff spent more than a decade as a federal prosecutor, including service as U.S. Attorney for the District of New Jersey, first Assistant U.S. Attorney for the District of New Jersey, and Assistant U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York. As United States Attorney, Chertoff investigated and prosecuted several significant cases of political corruption, organised crime, and corporate fraud. It doesn't say what happened about them, or who he got off, or who we put away. It would depend on your degree and the degree of corruption. Chertoff graduated magna cum laude from Harvard College in 1975, and magna cum laude from Harvard School Law School in 78. From 79 to 80. He served as a clerk to Supreme Court Justice William Brennan, Jr. So there you are, as they go round and do their rounds during the universities and shout, the wolf, wolf is coming, wolf's at the door, wolf's everywhere, wolf, 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 and they're going to hit us any time with a whole bunch of nasty things and we must all get to our knees and pray to these new saviors on how to survive these particular creatures. It's not their agenda, remember. They're really front men. For the public's consumption, the real boys are much higher and don't bother dirting their faces in the newspapers. The real boys don't take the heat. But this is an old, old agenda. Very, very old agenda. And as they say, there's nothing new under the sun. The only difference this time is they're using a higher technology which has been kept hidden for the public for a long time because they were testing these very implants these obsolete ones they're talking about here they were testing them back in the 60s on military personnel across the world they'd insert them during minor operations for something else and then track these poor guys who often ended up in mental hospitals because the agenda as I say and every part of the agenda is actually very old, the time we hear of any of it coming into public domain property then it's, all, it's really old stuff always presented as new meanwhile they're way ahead of that they have much smaller chips they've got chips which are powered by your own body's heat they have chips which can take the tiny electrical signals from your nervous system that it gets embedded into and power itself they have chips which act as two-way communications devices which can receive and transmit messages to and from the brain They always give you something that seems more harmless. You know, this is not an active chip. It has to be scanned to put you to sleep. But you, but you see, the history of mankind is the people are always the last to know the truth. And they always will be, because the world is run by deception. And it always has been. In a monetary, commercialized system a system which creates the terror of poverty because it destroyed the tribal system where there was no fear of poverty because everyone had what they needed destroyed that and replaced it with work for these coins or starve and then they wanted to chip away those coins in taxation to keep themselves at the top in a state of luxury above you Therefore they had no worries and problems to scheme and plan and enjoy themselves while all the little people at the bottom scrub around, try to collect the coin and pay out the coin and survive. It's not a humane system. So why on earth do we expect some miracle from humanity itself? Won't happen the bulk of the populace go along with any agenda in all ages, today I have no doubts that we have a superfluous population of psychopathic types at the top and all through society to the bottom. The only difference with the ones at the bottom is they don't have the power. They're not born into influential families. Therefore, they worship those at the top. They like to be like They understand them being psychopaths. They understand the lust for power and cunningness and how they laugh at their victims. And they end up working for them. Now this nasty world into which we're born which runs on money will continue to do so in whatever shape or form it becomes where it's credits dished out by governments as it was projected back in the 1920s by some of the big boys or whatever, it doesn't matter or blips on a screen it's only imperative the public believe it and work for it that's what everyone's trained to do from school onwards and the sad fact is we do need this silly stuff as long as this system exists and at the moment I'm in the process of making decisions as to what to do with myself and how to carry on what I'm doing if I do the choices are that I either go back to teaching small groups and believe you me I could make an awful lot of this silly stuff called money by doing that to wealthy people and for wealthy people or take offers of going on larger radio with all of its advertising and all the rest of the stuff they do because at the moment I only sell a couple of things I don't even have time to write or even do more DVDs because I'd rather give out these talks to the people and I know they're appreciated and used and copied widely by other people, other hosts and so on across the world not a boast on my part I just get the feedback but it doesn't pay me to do this it's not just sitting down here for an hour per day there's much more to it than that I have all the computer work to do all of the technicalities and problems that crop up with it and then all the uploading etc etc and fixing sites that don't work properly and this is a full time job doing that and I hate computers to be honest with you which I know is a temporary thing to get us to the next step I also have these little psychopaths at the bottom who put my books up, they copied them and put them up for free on sites. And then the money, the little money that there is, stops rolling in here. That's been an ongoing battle, and we have lots of these little slimy creatures at the bottom too, just as much as we have at the top. No, they're not lizard people or serpents, you see. It's much easier to point a finger at something totally different from yourself because you can't imagine there's such evil that, that's just born within people, you see and, and there is, it's that way what is the difference between the con man at the top who has the power to, to gouge everything out of you or the little con man at the bottom who thinks he's so smart and wants the approval and applause of others for being so smart at ripping other people off so I'd appreciate it for those who and I get letters like this all the time they tell me where they've got my books from and I'm going after them because that's taking bread away from my dinner plate, you see. As i am in getting wood in for the winter and a host of other things to do here just to get through and live you've got these creeps these slimy low grade psychopaths are taking the little bit away from you that comes in. And I can tell you on my hands how many people have donated to me in the past. I know them. Meanwhile I also get letters from other characters saying, Oh, why are you going on RBN? Why are you going on Genesis Radio? our group is not sure about this our group is I don't care about your groups Borg I talk to individuals and I say my piece as an individual your groups are no different than all the other mayhem on this planet or the create groups or homeland security groups or anything else you're the easiest to manipulate by the big boys who put your leaders in and you follow the Pied Piper. My message is to start thinking for yourself. And those who were complaining about me going on the bigger shows, since when did you help me out of anything? Huh? Children perpetual children you have no idea what this has cost me in many ways including health no idea at all and I'll tell you another thing none of you would have done it or could do it so stop whimpering for those who appreciate what I'm doing and understand what I'm doing, please be on the lookout for these little toads who are giving out my stuff for free. Because I only sell two or three things. I'm not sitting here selling item after item under the pretense of informing you like they do on the big shows. Their job mainly is to sell. Whatever. And everything. Unless people get out of the groupthink mentality, they're doomed. This is a war to end the individual. It's only the individual down through the ages that's stopped or waylaid or diverted anything. Groups are loved by the elite at the top it's much easier to control a million people in a group as long as you put in the leader who gives the rest their thoughts and their opinions just a mini version of government the war is to destroy individuality I've had people in the past say, "Oh, how do we save the people? The people you must understand are choosing, even if they don't understand all of the nitty-gritty details of what's been happening, they're choosing all through their lives as to where they want to be, what they accept, what they don't mind, and what they don't mind is happening to other people. They're choosing. You can have the the most ignorant person with regards to facts of what's happening, but still they're, they're choosing their whole lives long. That's the big group, you see, who choose all the same things. And if you even had the power as an individual to change the world, then you would be imposing your will upon them. You'd be the next tyrant and control freak. Well, that's it for me for tonight. From Hamish and myself, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. Our founding fathers Mm. guaranteed us certain protections. The freedom of speech freedom of religion. The freedom to own and play stringed instruments of all kinds. Those founding fathers didn't place restrictions on these freedoms. They didn't say the right to play guitar shall not be violated except when used to play Green Day's time of your life over and over again in the common area of your dorm. Now, where will these restrictions end? A background check when you want to take up the banjo? A five-day waiting period to buy a telecaster? An all-out ban on the flying V or dare I say whammy bar? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it is up to you to defend our right to keep and bear guitars.